Hello everyone, welcome back to Holding Fast to Faith. I am your host, Brett Hill, and we got a great message for you today. It's called Fighting the Giants That You Haven't Killed Yet. It's coming out of Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 24. I'm in the King James Version, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't have your Bibles, pause the podcast, go get your Bible, come back and join us in Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 24, Fighting the Giants You Haven't Killed Yet. Starting in verse 13, I'm in the King James Version, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if you be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. Of these which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such things there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Church, I want to tell you today that the flesh will get you in trouble. Let me say that again to you. Your flesh will get you in trouble. The things of the flesh are, according to the scripture, contrary to God's word and plan for us. We can be great warriors for Christ in many areas of our lives, but if we are not careful, the giants that we haven't killed yet will get the best of us. David, a young teenage boy, shepherding his father's sheep, he, he fought a lion and he killed it. He fought a bear and he killed it too. David was taking food to his brothers one day when they were out on the battlefield and the Philistines were there facing off with the Israelites and King Saul was standing there trying to get somebody to fight the giant that kept bad-mouthing God's people and bad-mouthing the the, uh, God of the Hebrew people. And when David got there, he heard this nasty-mouthed Philistine trash-talking the God of Israel and so he decided he was going to do something about it. He's going to move in and take his head off. He he told Saul, he said, I'll fight him. And he said, Why well, you're just a boy. What are you doing? He he said, you, you can't get out there and fight him. He said, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. I've tore them to shreds when they attack my father's sheep. I can handle this giant. And he's not going to talk about my God like that any longer. So Saul said, here, you need my armor. You need my sword. And, and he tried them on and he said, look, I don't need those things. I don't need your armor. I don't need your sword. I've got what I need. I've got the spirit of God that's working with me and I'll go out and I'll kill this giant but when he went out against Goliath under the anointing of God and and he, listen, he took him out he used a sling and a stone he, he picked up a stone and he put it in his sling and when he hurled that 
stone at that at that giant's head, he took him out with it. And later on, David was praised for his battle tactics and victories. You, you need to remember these things because there was a very special song that the people of the of the city used to sing about David. He would say, Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his ten thousands. It, it made Saul jealous, but David won the victories that he faced with other men. He constantly fought battles against men and against mighty warriors and he won those victories when he faced against large armies and he, he won those victories that he faced off against other men. But let me tell you something, church. When he went up against uh, other things such as uh, a woman, now hear me, David defeated Goliath, but he lost the battle with Bathsheba. You, you hear that? He defeated Goliath. He defeated many Philistines. He won many battles. But when he went up against the, the lust, lust of the flesh with Bathsheba, he lost that battle. He got one look at her beauty and his, his lust led him to desire. His desire led him to adultery. His adultery led him to the abuse of power. His abuse of power led him to murdering uh, Bathsheba's husband so that he could have her. David was a mighty man of God and, uh, and the Bible called him a man after God's own heart and the lust of the flesh defeated him in a single blow. Church, listen to me now. We cannot entertain the flesh. Not one bit. You can't give room for it. Don't give any kind of inch. Don't give any kind of millimeter. Don't give any thoughts to the flesh. The flesh will defeat you. It will get you down. You cannot toy with the flesh. No matter how strong we get spiritually, no matter how strong we get in our prayer life, no matter how strong we get in reading the Bible and praying for other people and all of our church time of going to church every time the doors are open, listen, the flesh will win when we ignore nor its influence in our lives. Amen. Somebody needs to be hearing this today. And I want to talk to you about another story in the book of Judges. God called Samson to be set apart from birth. He called him out as a, as a Nazarite. He was a, a holy man, a Nazarite that was, would never put a razor to his hair. He became a judge of God's people. God called him from birth to be a judge of God's people and to be the avenger against the Philistines that was trying to destroy God's people. Oh, Samson enjoyed his calling on occasion. He never did take his calling seriously. He took a journey down the road of, of killing a few Philistines from time to time. He would toy with them. He, he would reach and grab the gates of the city and run to the top of the hill and set them down. At one particular time, he picked up a donkey jawbone and, and slew a thousand Philistines, but he was, he was toying with them. He never did take his calling seriously. And, and what the reason why he didn't take his calling seriously is because Samson, what he really enjoyed was his women. He was after women all the time. And when he saw a good looking woman, when he saw somebody flash their eyes at him, he could not think about what his own name was. Satan knew which buttons to push on Samson and he pushed those buttons on occasion because he knew that pushing the right buttons on Samson would keep him from, from fulfilling the mission, the calling, uh, and the anointing that God had placed on his life to be the man of God, to be the judge of the Philist of the Israel Israeli people and to avenge the Israeli people against the Philistines. So Samson was 
constantly tormented in his heart. Now he, now he didn't know this. He was enjoying these things in his flesh and he didn't realize how bad it was for him to be stepping away from his calling and messing around with all these women. And, and the real irony of this story about Samson was is Samson loved the Philistine women, the very people that he was supposed to be destroying, the very people that he was supposed to be protecting Israel from by destroying them. He was over there in bed with them. He was constantly messing around with these women that he was supposed to be knocking out and, and, and killing the whole flock of these people, getting rid of the whole existence of the Philistines. But yet he was so mesmerized by the beauty of the women, the Philistine women. Oh, listen to me. He was he was being destroyed in, from the inside out. His flesh, his lust, his desire for these women was causing him to fail God and causing them to fail his purpose and causing him to miss his calling. Church, if we're, if we're not on our spiritual guard, the enemy will use the thing that you should be destroying to destroy me, to destroy you. You hear that? Let me say that again so that everybody can understand that. If you are not on your spiritual guard and watching out for yourself, guarding your heart and guarding your spirit, the enemy will use the very thing that you're supposed to be destroying to destroy you. He can always find a way to make you not want to kill your giants. He'll always find a way to not make to make you not want to defeat your desires. He'll always find a way to make you not want to crucify your flesh. Come on, this is good preaching and somebody needs to hear it. We've all got some enemies that Satan wants to use to destroy us. He also finds ways to play on our emotions and cause us to not fight those enemies off. He, he causes us to appease those enemies, causes us to dance around them. Oh, I'm just getting close to it. I, I'm just thinking about it. I'm, I'm not really doing these things. I'm not really uh, entertaining them to the point to where they're dangerous. Yet, listen, he makes us want to keep those things around. He makes us want to keep those, uh, those enemies and all those temptations and all those desires around and just toy with them, ride the fence with our salvation. Have you ever seen a cat catch a mouse? They, they usually don't kill it. What happens is the chase was the real fun. The cat loves to chase and toy with a mouse. He will a cat will injure that mouse. He will he will smack it around a little bit and, and mesmerize it. He will strike that mouse with fear and make that mouse be afraid to get up and move. And the cat will play with it and smack it from one hand to the other and flop it around. And then the mouse will play dead and lay there in fear, thinking that the cat will back up. Well the cat will sit there and he will keep it alive because the cat loves to play with a mouse much more than he wants to kill that mouse. And when the mouse sees that uh, maybe the cat is not paying attention or maybe he thinks that the cat's not paying attention, he will. the cat will jump up and smack that mouse just as soon as he tries to run. And he will start smacking him around and hook a claw in him, pull him back and bounce him off a wall, but he, he don't want to kill him. The, the cat loves to play with and toy with and entertain the idea of having that mouse a whole lot more than he wants to kill it. I hope this is speaking to somebody here because you cannot play with your giants. You cannot play with your weaknesses. You can't play with your desires. Don't be the cat that wants to play with a mouse. Kill it. Crucify. Destroy and annihilate your enemy. Destroy and annihilate your desires and the things of the flesh that will bring you down and destroy your salvation. Don't toy with those things. Don't get caught pacifying the flesh and its desires. Our real giants are the desires of the flesh that we haven't killed yet and we let these things taunt us and, and toy with us and they, they let us play around with them and they, they get in our head and cause us to think about them because we, we think that they're harmless and we get too close to these things. 
And listen, David was a great man of God. Yes, he was. Absolutely. Nobody argues that. But he was well known for being a man after God's own heart. It's mentioned in the Bible. God said that himself. But listen, he was also well known for his fall to the lust of a woman. He was well known for his fall to an adulterous relationship. He was well known for his fall to for a murder of a husband and the division of a kingdom. Why? Because he did not kill his giants. He didn't keep his desires and his flesh in check. He always just pampered them things. He let the things that his flesh desired take him down and destroy him because he would not kill the giants that he toyed with all the time. And you cannot do that. Church, the scripture tells us that right now, now faith, now the works of the flesh are the are, are manifest. And, and that word now, when he says now the works of the flesh are manifest, it says right now, this moment. That word now is an instantaneous right now in the moment type of word. So it says right now in this very moment that you hear me speaking, the works of the flesh are made manifest. This word manifest means clear or obvious to the eye or the mind. It means it's absolutely clear that everybody can see that the works of the flesh are being made manifest in you or, or in me and whatever people's being seen. It also says, it uh, manifest also means to be on display by one's actions or their appearance. So when you are acting out your sins, when you are acting out your lust of the flesh, when you are acting out your putting some feed and some, and some movement to your desires, they are on display where everybody else can see them. They're not concealed. You're not hiding them. They, they stick out like a big red fire truck. You need to kill those giants before they kill you. Oh, but pastor, I've got them under control. They're not hurting anyone. Well, that's what you think, but you are not focusing on the damage that they are making in your spirit man. Sin stops us from praying, and sin stops us from reading the Bible. Sin stops us from desiring a relationship with God. Sin stops us from wanting to be closer to God. Sin eventually breaks our communion with God. Our so-called harmless desires eventually become our God. They become our desire. They become our priority. They become the death of us. Church, if you don't crucify the flesh, the flesh will crucify you. And somehow, for some reason, we humans choose to fight battles daily. We, that should have already been over with. Listen, we choose to fight these battles daily that should have already been over with. And what I mean by that, we pamper these battles. We, we pamper these emotions. We pamper these feelings. We pamper these desires. And we just fight them daily. We, we fight them just a little bit. We toy with them like the cat with the mouse. The, these are fights. These are battles. These are, these are things that should have already been over with already been dealt with and already been put under the blood of Christ in our life, we should already be celebrating the victory over these things, but yet we struggle with cutting the head off of the giant, so we leave it injured. We celebrate our momentary victory, and then sooner than later, the giant has recovered. It has returned to the fight again, and then we run out to confront it, just like the cat does with a mouse, and we pray, and we, we declare God's word. We shout a bit, and then sure enough, We've wounded that fleshly desire once more, but we refuse to cut its head off and destroy it. 
So let me explain something to you, church. David, as a teenager, he didn't carry a sword into battle. David used the weapon that he was familiar with, the one that God gave him. It was the sling and the stone. David dropped Goliath with a single blow. But let me tell you something. That sling and that stone, it didn't kill the giant. David's one shot with a rock, it didn't kill that giant. It stunned him. It made him fall to the ground. He had he had wounded his enemy. He had wounded that giant that he was trying to kill. But he didn't kill it. David had to get up close and personal with that giant. He had to walk it up and look it right in his face. Check this out. Genesis chapter 50 verse 20. What the enemy meant to harm me with, God turned it around and used it against the enemy and used it for good in my hands. What David didn't go into the battle with a sword in his hand, but when he knocked that giant down, he took the sword of the enemy. He came out with one. He went in He went in with a, with a sling and a stone and he came out with a sword. David's weapon is not what killed the giant. It took capturing the weapons of the enemy and making it his own. Somebody's getting this now. I know when the enemy exploits the flesh, you take what he intends to harm you with and let God turn it around on the enemy. Get control of that weapon that Satan is using against you. Use it against the enemy. Cry out to your Redeemer. Jesus, I need you. In your weaknesses where God's strength is the strongest, he'll show up when you call out to him. Your weakness will become a testimony your testimony will become a weapon. Your weapon, your sword will cut off the head of the enemy and your fleshly desires will no longer defeat you. Crucify those giants today, church. Put them under the blood. Put them down once and for all. Take the sword of the enemy, the weapon he's trying to use against you. Take his head off. Testify of what God has delivered you from and watch your giants die under the hand of God. I want you to find yourself a place to pray right now. If you're listening, I want you to bow down on your knee. Find yourself an altar wherever you are. If you're in your house, find you a couch or a chair. If you're in your car, just pull the car over somewhere and and stop on the side of the road if you need to. Pause the podcast until you get to a place. But listen, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray this prayer in some form or fashion. You know what your giants are. You know the things that keep defeating you. You know the things in your life, your desires and your your passions that you keep pacifying, but yet you won't kill. You won't totally destroy. You know what those are in your life. You know what those weaknesses are. So I want you to pray with me and I want you to put it under the blood today and ask God to give you the power and the authority and the ability to seek these things out and kill them once and for all. Heavenly Father, God, I praise your holy name. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the anointing and the power that's in your word, Father. God, I pray right now that every listener that has something going on in their life, God, the weaknesses, the giants that's in their lives, God, that they've not taken seriously to destroy, God, but have pacified them over and over, God, I I just pray right now, God, that you put a red flag on them for us. God, give us the wisdom, God. Give us the wisdom of your word and the strength of your spirit to be able to stand up against these enemies. Look them eye to eye, Lord. Take them down and strike them to the ground and pick up the weapon that the enemy's trying to use against us and take the head off of these giants once and for all, God. I pray for victory over every listener in here, God. Everything that they've got going on in their life, I pray that you give them victory over it, God. That you set them free from it, God. 
Take the, take the pulse away from the enemy. Cut the head off. Drain the blood out of the enemy's life right now, God. And you claim victory, Lord. Let's give you glory and honor for what you're doing in their lives today. God, once and for all, let us be able to destroy the enemies that's in our life. Destroy the giants that we've been toying with, God. And stand righteous, Lord. Stand uh, reproved and rebuked by your word, God. But stand holy in your name and holy and set apart by your word and by your spirit and by the testimony that you give us. God, I glorify your holy name. I thank you, Lord Jesus, once again for touching the listeners, for touching me, Lord, anointing me to be able to preach your word, and God, touching the hearts of the people so that they will have a heart of flesh, God, that you can sow your seed into, and you can get the harvest that your word is intended to bring back. Thank you, dear Lord God, and I praise you, Lord Jesus, for the results of this message and the results of this prayer in the lives of every listener out there. In Jesus' holy name, I pray and ask it. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, if you've been praying that prayer, God's going to give you the victory. Stand fast on the faith that you have on what you've just prayed. Hold on to Jesus Christ. Believe in what you've just prayed. Let the word of God move in your life and change you. Take these giants out of your life. Fight these giants off once and for all and pick up the weapon that the enemy's using against you and take him down once and for all and give God the glory. Give him the praise and honor for what he's done in your life today. Praise God. Thank you for tuning in. I pray that this has helped you tremendously. And if it has, talk, uh, talk to us by email. Uh, do something. Get contact with us through one of our social medias. But reach out to us, Holding Fast to Faith at Outlook.com. You can find us on all social medias, Holding Fast to Faith. Just look for us. Send us a message. Let us know that God has touched your life through this podcast and through this ministry. God bless you, and I hope to see you on the next one.